brand new episode of Terribly Funny. How you doing, gang? It's me, your buddy, your pal, Steve Maslone. How's your week going? Man, I hope you're not battling a cold like I am, because, ugh, the pits, am I right? Um, hey, gang, brand new episode. It's time for me to talk to another funny person about a terrible thing that's happened to them, and we have a great guest today. It's an old friend of mine, a lady I went to college with, the very talented Audrey Walkup. What can I tell you about Miss Audrey? Well, uh, she writes with um, writing partners with uh, one of my very best friend's wife, uh, Rachel Spector, a, a very talented writer in her own right, write a lot, but right, right, right. Uh, but she has worked on some of your favorite things. She worked on One Tree Hill. She worked on Cougar Town. She currently works on the uh, Critical Darling and the very, very fun Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, also uh, worked on a show uh, for YouTube Red, ran that, called Hyperlinked. Has done a bunch of movie stuff. She's just a very talented lady. Always has been. Um, and today we're going to talk to her about, oh, buddy, what it's like to... Um, What's what, what trauma? What it's like to not be able to trust uh, men? Ooh, that's fun. Um, and how all that stuff kind of rears its ugly head once you become a parent. All those things that you you squash down, well, they come back up when you see them reflected in the eyes of babes. Uh, so we're gonna get to that in just one second. But before we do, let me say this. Hey, gang, do you like the show? If you do. Please, please, this is an earnest request. Go to our iTunes page. Give us a uh, rating. Give us a review. Uh, go, to our, uh, go to our Instagram. Follow us. It's Terribly Funny Podcast. Uh, go to Twitter. Tweet at us. Tweet about us. Tell your friends about us. Terribly underscore funny. Also, you can drop us a line. I'd love to hear from you. I really do. It means the world to me when I hear from you guys. It's Terribly Funny Podcast at Gmail. Um, I will get back to you. It takes me a little while, but I will get back to you. I promise, because I love hearing from you guys. Um, and that's that. Now we're done with that nonsense. Now let's get to the good stuff. And per usual, the good stuff is the guest, not me. Let's get to it here, shall we? Audrey, walk up. Here we go, gang. Theme music. This guy's getting so old, man. He's gonna be 15 in three months. So much more chill now, huh? Like the other day. Wait, 15? Mm hmm. It'll be 15 in December. That's how long we've lived here? Well, it'll be, 15 year, it'll be 15 years for me. He was like born yeah. almost. He was born a month before I moved to LA. And then wow. we got him when he was four and a half. So it'll be like... Oh, okay. So we missed the first four years. So it's like 10 years You're now. You're just like my stepdaughter. Yeah, same man. I missed the first four years. He, um... Yeah, I took him out last night. Where is this morning? I don't know. Time's a flat circle. You know what I mean? Um, but I took him out <laughs> and there was like two dogs who were like real rascals who were like barking at him. And he just kind of looked at him and previously he'd been like, motherfucker, let's go. But now he looked at him and he's like, ah... I mean, I'm, I'm gonna bark, but my heart's not in. He's just like, huff, huff. He's wizened. Yeah. Is that how you say it? I think so. I, I think he's just mostly just like, I don't know, man, I've only slept 17 hours today. <laughs> Let me just get like a few more hours under my belt and maybe I'll have some more fire in my belly. Well, he's very cute. Yeah. He's still doing all right. Weirdly enough, we took him to the vet recent, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. See, we don't do that with our dog. We forget. Oh. Yeah. Well, this was only because there was a problem. Oh, okay. That makes it's not just for like it's not for like a checkup. Okay. It's because like there was something clearly wrong, because he was um, he was shitting water. Yeah, oh. you were. Um, but he's fine now. But it was um, they did like a whole you know MRI, CT scan, uh, uh, X-ray thing, and looking at his X-ray, like because he's a little dachshund, no back problems. They're like amazed. Like, oh, what I saw this? them. You I saw your Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's it, yeah. Mm -hmm. No but, bad problems. Yeah, That's what we all hope for. Exactly. But he's doing all right. Oh, good. Just old as fuck. It's very chill. I see. It's also talking about um, moving to new places. Yeah. And how oh, you, yeah. How you can just like 
you just get in a system and you're like, well, that's that dresser's fine. Yeah. I think I bought this collar for him, this Steelers collar for him, like two months into having him. Aww. He should probably have a new collar now. I mean, it probably. still works. It might be a little dirty. Yeah, it's yeah. dirty as fuck. It's like it's not like you wash a collar. Ever. I actually rarely say that because I don't even have time to wash my clothes usually. Uh-huh. But that might be dirty. Oh yeah, that's filthy. Yeah. Do yeah. not. You put that in your mouth, you're gonna have like a disease yeah. that has to be discovered. It's okay. I what don't really mean? wash my kids' clothes. That's fine. Yeah. They're kids. They're kids. That's good for their immune system. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you came from a big family, so you understand. I did. And you have a pretty solid immune system. I have an amazing immune system. See, that all works out, man. My parents did not believe in drugs, mm-hmm. and I don't think they took us to the doctor. Because they had five kids. Well, yeah, because it's like yeah. we don't have time, and also, no, no, no. how much money is this going to be? No, yeah, uh-huh. nothing happened. Nothing yeah. was taken care of. <sighs> Sad. Yeah, it don't work so. Yeah. Um, tell me some bad stuff, bro. Bad stuff. Yeah. There were so many bad things. I know. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. That it's I always know interesting to choose from. Yeah, it's always interesting when like some guests will be like, "Well, I don't have bad anything bad really things. bad things." So I'm absolutely fascinated with people that don't have bad things. Like I. My husband doesn't have a lot of bad things, and I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by it. Like, I, I, I could spend hours being like, so, what's it like? And then also, I'm terrified for when the bad thing happens, because there's been no build-up to the bad thing. Well, that's true. I mean, I, but I think it's, like, the kind of thing when you are... You never know how you're going to react. Like, you could have, like, a shit ton of bad things, and then that's- then traffic is the thing that sends you over the edge. Well, so, or you could, yeah, you could have had, an amazing right. life and you have one bad thing and somehow you have the perspective to deal with it. Like, yeah. there's, It's like, I think, just such a case-by-case basis. I had some bad things and then, funny you should say that, um, I have a lot of uh, guilt about this that mm-hmm. I should go to a therapist about. But sure. basically, like the thing that broke me was having a baby. It was like sure. the good thing broke me and just, I would like, it was just so bad. Was so what bad. do you think that was? Do you think that was it was just... Um, I don't know. A cr- is it creating something, or do you think it was also like there's no, postpartum and that could be tied like, to I it? I think it was like a little bit of like I think uh, probably what I didn't know was a little bit of postpartum. Sure. And not sleeping. Like I had my first baby. Sure. Did not was not a good sleeper. Mm-hmm. And and in the it was always in the middle of the night, and it would be the kind of snap where all of a sudden I like or and my husband would be behind me and be like I need to take the baby mm-hmm. and I, I was like oh I'm like the person who would shake the baby right which I didn't think I was going to be the person who would shake the baby but I've also heard that I mean as not having a child at all and being footloose fancy free in that regard but like every one of my friends were like you get how people shake the baby just because sometimes you're so tired and this is a thing that you love so much yeah. you're like I just can't I can't think yeah. Can you just yeah, give me some time? Yeah, I think it's like a little bit of like a torture thing that happens. Yeah. But then I was also in the it was always in the middle of the night, and I would like definitely go over the line where I would like one time I threw a shampoo bottle at Warren's head. It's not sure. real. It's not okay. It's he, not great. It's not great. No. Yeah. There's healthier ways to There's express anger like that. There's healthier ways to adjust to address things. Sure. But like a lot of my things that I probably hadn't dealt with like came up with the kids, well, and but, I think probably part right. of it is like. Also, especially as the girls got a little older, a lot of so many things. This is not what I was planning on talking about, but That's usually how this is usually how this goes, man. Yeah, um, so many things came up as as I was as the kids were getting older because I was like, oh fuck, I remember that that fucked me up. Right, I like weird memories. So what I was gonna talk about uh-huh. were these the bad men in my life, mm-hmm. and that you mean all of them. Well, well. Uh huh. 
it did taint men for a while. I'm like sure, I've had to really do a lot of like I don't hate men, but I sort of do. I don't. I do not trust men. Mm-hmm. Don't, especially white men. Sure. I really don't like they scare me. Look, I get it, man. I had a cousin got bit by a German Shepherd. Hated German Shepherds. Still hated can't. German still can't get into yeah. it. Yeah. It's a Um, very similar thought process. Yeah, very similar thought process. They're not all the same, but also, eh. Yeah, but as I was like, you know, as you start to, I have a stepdaughter who's a little older, so she's like more aware of things, and I'd be watching, and I'm like, oh no, this is, this is the thing that could have made me this way, and then you start like, I started to have like a lot of these like, things that I really forgot about. I'll say forgot about. Well, that is very interesting in that like, you, uh, you're kind of, it's, um, what is the the therapy in which like you are the sense memory like you're seeing a a kid go through a similar experience that's all that my parenting has been is that all of a sudden I'm like oh shit this really this bad thing happened to me I like that is how I actually remembered this well I don't know which one I should go into first but basically like where the man thing stems from is that pretty young I had like two men who I really trusted Mm -hmm. do shitty things Mm -hmm. and I think that I don't want to say it fucked with me more than if it had been strangers, but it was like people who, it was a very good friend and then a teacher. So it was like people that I was told were like safe people. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, sure we, there, you, you can analyze that, but I think if it is somebody that you trust, then it's hard. You don't, you don't trust the mechanism that allows you to trust. I didn't trust the mechanism. Right. So then I went the opposite way for a long time with like men in the sex issue where I was like, I shouldn't trust anyone. So I'm going to just be crazy. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, that in what regard in the, like, I don't want to, I'm just going to keep things very liked and casual because yeah, I, well, it's also tied up in maybe I should go back to specifics and explain. Okay. So the first, well, okay. So this only occurred to me in the past couple years and it's like shit basically like shaded everything once I figured it out I went back and I looked at like my life and was like oh my god I can't believe I never put two and two together Mm -hmm. but I used to say as a joke oh I gave my virginity away for Christmas Mm -hmm. and people would be like that's funny and then one time I really thought about it how old were you when you're saying this okay so I was 16 I had just Mm -hmm. turned 16 I was a very young 16 I had a boyfriend he had just turned 18 and I was like, oh, well, it, we well, we waited till he was 18. It won't be statutory rape. Weird thing to think about, probably. But I was <laughs> it like... Won't, it won't be. It won't be. No, but that's the inverse. No, because in Connecticut, I had to be 16. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, well... It's state by state. Sure. So I waited till I was 16, and the reason that I gave him my virginity, which is like the... Like, why... It's a very antiquated way to look at it, yeah. Yes, um, was because that... So my dad was sick for a long time, and that year in particular, he was in the hospital over Christmas. Mm-hmm. We had no money, and my mom asked my boyfriend to go get Christmas presents, or he maybe offered. Right. But basically, he paid, I, I'm the oldest of five, so he basically played Santa Claus. Oh wow! For my family, and then That's like a weird dynamic. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah. And then what a sweet guy though. Very sweet. Yeah. And great. We're still friends. Went to his wedding. Nothing on his... I mean, it's not his responsibility, sure. but I think I was feeling like the burden of like, oh my gosh, this nice guy did this thing for me. Yeah. He probably needs to have sex. So like, I lived in a long place where like the sex for me was like, it, this guy deserves it. Right. This guy took me on a date, so he like he probably deserves to have sex. R- right. This is being paid. This, this is, is mm-hmm. capital. It's yeah. currency. And it, it's currency. Yeah. And it took a form of like a lot of... In a, in, 
in a lot of other ways too. Like I so like, you didn't have like the healthiest outlook. It's just no. like, well, you've earned this. I earned, yeah, you, you get earned a cookie. This. It was it was a lot of that. As opposed yeah. to like, it's a thing that I want as well. And yeah, both and humans with I desires. Can't that I never really realized. Right. That like definitely wasn't ready to have sex. Like he didn't. Know. I mean, whatever. Sure, his... sixteen. I mean, look. I. I mean, I definitely wanted to have sex, but I don't know if I was ready for it. I had also just turned sixteen. Mm-hmm. I was like a month into sixteen. Mm-hmm. I was a very young sixteen. I. It probably wasn't. It probably wasn't I, the best time. I don't remember losing my virginity. Sure. Like I have no memory of it. Probably for a reason. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, the psyche works like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that was like. That, that really shaped things. Sure. Yeah, for me it was sex. Where you're just, where you're giving, like, hey, thank you for giving my family a Christmas. Now you may have my body. Yeah. That's weird. It's weird. Yeah. And also, I'm like, why was he allowed to do that? Like, go buy all those presents? I mean, I think in the moment, my parents were probably just like, we need fucking presents under the Christmas tree for our kids. Yes. But I, like, I don't <laughs> think they were probably, they are just like, oh, God, this is not the what life we want, but fuck no, it. We I gotta, I'm we, not sure if you paid the, for it. The anyway. kids shouldn't have to do this. God bless. Yeah. We got a Christmas. Yeah. It was beautiful. We, yeah. We had a Christmas in the ICU. Yeah, that's great. Uh-huh. I've had a couple of those. Those are fun. Yeah, they're really fun. Yeah. Those are fun Christmases. They do, oddly enough, though, do you remember that incredibly vividly? Like, I remember that my Christmases spent in the hospital. Not, like, all the specifics, but, like, I remember them, oddly, with, like, a lot of fondness. I don't. I'm not going to say I do. Yeah. yeah. But it all blurs together for me. I'm not that's really fair. sure. My whole, like, Well, yeah. it might also be different when you are not the patient. When you were, like, there oh, and so nervous. Oh, yours you were the patient. Yes. Not your, yeah, okay. That's probably different. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Continue. Um, yeah. So then shortly after that, <clears throat> I had a very good friend who, no, I think the teacher came first. The teacher came first. So I had also, right after her birthday, I had just turned 18 and I had a teacher contact me who was a, my middle school teacher who was also... I. This is like so sad to me, but he's also a parent of someone I knew who mm-hmm. I grew up with. Sure. So this is like someone I grew up with, Mr. Held. I can say his name because he went to jail for a long time. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's public knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, asked me to model for him. And I, I was, was, he, was he in the arts? He was in the arts. He was the art teacher. Okay. So he. Okay. Okay. Sure. So at the time, I should have known. Also, I feel like was sort of sh- this. Also, it was a time in my life that was shaded by having, like, a sick parent, and I was kind of, like, so responsible in that way. Right. Like, I felt like I was, like, the I was doing a lot of sure. things that I probably, sh- whatever, didn't need to be doing. And so I was like, mm, yeah, I'm 18, and I'm sexy now. I'm going to go yeah. take pictures. So, well, I think that's a lot of things that a lot of kids and... Uh, I think less, perhaps less so men just because of weird societal mores, but I think it's a lot of like proving like, I'm not a yeah. child anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm an adult. Right, and I was. I was 18. And men do it differently with totally. like, I can drink beer or whatever the weird mis- yeah, yeah. Uh, machismo version Definitely. of it is. Definitely. So I was 18 and Mr. Held had me come over mm-hmm. and he was like, I'm making a book. Okay. He was doing a book. So, so I remember like halfway through this photo shoot that was like in his weird, creepy backyard that had like a pond for some reason so he was like oh you can wear your bathing suit and be by the pond and then halfway through the bathing suit part he was like you know you're legally 18 and you're beautiful so if you want if you want to take your clothes off go for it and I I'm gonna be completely honest in that I don't know like exactly what I did right I'm not exactly sure sure there's a lot of that in my memories mm-hmm. not exactly sure so I did this like whole weird photo shoot and then my dad died and I get this letter from Mr. Held 
I wish I could find it because I brought this letter into the Cougar Town writer's room. Mm -hmm. And this was like the, this is like a very defining moment for me where I read this letter out loud. I thought it was the most hysterical thing that could ever happen. And the entire writer's room was like, Audrey, that that's horrific. That's so sad. This is, this is not okay. And I thought it was hysterical. So he wrote, he wrote me this like letter in his weird, creepy, like middle school art teacher calligraphy. Oh boy. That was like a condolence letter with memories about my father, Mm -hmm. like specific memories. I remember Larry and blah, blah, blah. And then, and then he, and then it just switches and it goes, so sorry to hear about your father. Um, switches. Now here onto the photos and he attaches these like really creepy sexualized photos of me and tells me that he's, I should come back and do more modeling. And they're like basically like, like childhood, like kitty porn pictures of me that, and he's making a book called the redheaded children's book. He was making like a porn book of like redheads. Oh boy. Yeah. And then like a month later he was arrested for the largest case of kitty porn in Connecticut ever. And he went to jail for 10 years. Oh my. So yeah. this was old hat for him. This was old hat for him. Yeah. He, he I gotta say like, if he's the largest in Connecticut history, like he was still pretty good at dancing around. No, no, no. So mine was like first. nothing. Mine was yeah. nothing. Mine was oh, like no. the, it was really bad. He had cameras under the, the tables. Oh no. School. Yeah. Oh no. Mr. Yeah. Held. Mr. Held. It was really, it was really bad. Oof. It was really bad. And then shortly after that, I feel like I'm just giving you a laundry list of like yeah. men's stories. I mean, but... look, we just, in that story, we just kind of totally uh, glanced by, and then my dad died. And it's like, <laughs> there's well, a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot here. of stuff happening, but who sends a condolence letter? And then, like, and hey, then, also, and you're also hot as shit, baby. Come back and do more nude picture and and also i'm not hot in these pictures that's the creepiest part i'm like had baby face and like there were some close-ups of my feet that were like definitely fetish pictures and i still have them because he attached these he sent them to me with his with the email address um redhead children's book at aol.com oh boy that'll give me the timestamp of this sure this happened still better than hotmail still better than hotmail Yeah. yeah so I don't know. I don't know why I thought that that was like always so funny. I thought it was like the funniest story. And I'm like, oh, there's weird naked pictures of me and some someone's. You know, I had a very similar experience with a, a guy I worked with for a while. And he was telling a story in the writer's room in which he was like, yeah, and he basically were like, you know, and then, uh, you know, when you're like a theater teacher, just like touches your butthole. And it's like, wait, what? what? And it was, he thought it was this funny experience. No, it's shocking when people react like that because yeah. you think it's like a defense mechanism. You're like, this is hysterical. Well, because it's been normalized to you to yeah. some degree, right? right. Like he, he taught is like, isn't this funny? And you're like, that, okay, I'm following your lead. So I guess so. No, that's what I thought. And their reaction shocked me i was like yeah. oh i guess and then i like went back and read it and i was like that, yeah that's a little weird uh-huh. probably not cool that like i don't know very strange yeah anyway. and then shortly after this all sort of like happened at the same time and it all also happened like with my dad dying so it's like a lot sure. of men things tied up in one i had a very good friend who this was like the more traumatic thing i had a very very good friend who the Star Wars prequel was coming out. Sure. Yeah. It's May 19th, 1999. Yeah, and I had never seen... I remember because it was my birthday. It came out my birthday. I'm not, is, I'm not that, that much of a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> I just you, remember that. Did you go as like your... your um, yeah, we went... Like we went to like the 7 a.m. screening uh-huh. and we were the only four people in the theater. Really? Like no one gave a fuck. Really? It was, yeah. Oh. I mean, it was also the suburbs of Pittsburgh and it was like 7 a.m. on a Friday. Okay. And everybody I, th- I thought that was like a big thing that like people lined up for. It was, I think, in some places, in some places. but not, not in like the showcase north in the you know north hills of Pittsburgh. It was like, mm. 
Okay. There's you and six other people. Anyways, continue. Well, so I had never seen the Star Wars, the, the Star original, Wars. The original Any trilogy, yeah, sure. Yeah, so I had this very good friend who I went to high school with and college. He went to Emerson. And he was like, oh, come over and we'll watch the Star Wars so that we mm-hmm. can see the prequel. You need to see it. So I went over. I had a, I had a boyfriend at the time. He knew my boyfriend was in his basement. And basically, like probably 10 minutes into the movie, he starts jerking off next to me. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. And do you remember what scene it was? Was there one scene that he's like, oh yeah? No, because Obi-Wan. I to this day don't remember a, this is a theme oh, in no. my life. Yeah. Don't remember one thing about the movie because when it happened, I was I I was like, okay, how do what's you know, you're kind of like time stands still and I'm like, I'm just gonna ask him to stop. That seems fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, could you stop? That's making me I'm I'm gonna leave. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't say I'm gonna leave yet. I said, Could you please stop? And he said, No. And I was like, okay, this is, this is getting very weird. And I told him I was going to leave and he said no. And then I was like, I'm going to leave. This isn't funny. And it, it kept going. And he said, if you, if you scream, no one can hear you. And I was like, what? okay, I'm going to be raped. And then I watched the entire movie. He told me I couldn't leave. And... I just didn't talk for the rest of the time. And I literally spent the entire movie waiting. I thought he was going to rape me. Like, I thought that that's oh, what he... Jesus Christ. It sort of was what he was telling me. Yeah. When you say, no, no one's home at his house. If you scream, no one can hear you. And I, like, something snapped in my brain. I do not remember that movie. I will never see Star Wars. And then when it was over, not the masturbating, but the... I don't even remember how that ended. He must have just, like finished and then we kept watching the movie but I didn't I don't remember the movie Oof, what if he was waiting like timing it to when the Death Star explodes maybe he it's might like have creep. he's he's a very creepy scary fellow oh, um, he followed me really closely to the car Ugh. really closely and I think like threat like again I don't really remember but like there was there were definitely like more threats that went on and then when I got in the car I just remember like hysterically crying the whole way home and like shaking and then the thing that really fucked me up, like almost more than that, is that like still honestly to this day, like I can't, like when I was telling my husband, oh, I'm going to tell the story. He was like, why are you going to say the guy's name? And I was like, this is what has always fucked me up is that I'm honestly so scared of this person. Like sure. this happened so long ago. I'm scared this person would kill me. Like, I don't know why. No, but it's just, it, that's, it's just all weird power moves. And that's exactly what he wanted to do is make you feel small. And then, I, yeah. And then I have, and then I'm like, okay, so, so at West High went by again, like he went to high school with me. He went to college with me. So I knew a lot of people who knew him. Other stories would come out about this guy. Oh. And I felt so, I, then I started to be like, sure. oh yeah, yeah. He did this fucked up thing to me. And I kind of started to just, just put it out there, put it out there because I was, I'm, I felt like really like why someone else told me that there was like he made them watch like bestiality porn with him what it, so I think that he gets off on scaring women right because I've never yet heard an instance where he like crossed the Doesn't line he and just like likes to rape make you... someone let's hope man let's hope but it yeah. could escalate but anyway I but I it really like did a fucked up number on me because I basically spent two hours like planning I remember like planning okay what I'm gonna do when I'm being raped like this is probably how oh I'll feel God. And I still fucking see this guy. Anyway, that, I, I honestly don't trust men. I don't know how people who have actually been raped ever. Yeah. I cannot imagine that. Or just, I mean, what it does to, I mean, fuck, what it does to just your relationship with sex in general, what it does to your relationship with your body, what, is it, what it does to your relationship with 
49% of the population. It's just it's not great. And yeah. there's like a lot of these men out there because as you tell stories like this, people are like, oh yeah, yeah, really weird thing happened to me like that. And it's like, what the fuck? All these guys are just going around like it's yeah raping and jerking off next to you. And like, it's not great. It's no, it's really, it's really terrible. What did it do? God. What, okay, so those two things happened within, like, a very short period of time. Yeah, within, like, a year, like, when I was, like, 18 and 19. And that also happened in, con- in conjunction with your dad. Yeah, so then right after that, my dad died, like, the next year. Oh. So it was, like, a very, like, what's it called when something, you know? A this, confluence of, yes, of, events, of terrible things. Of events. Um, my dad dying being the worst one, obviously. But, like... Sure. But weirdly... I knew that was coming, and that was yeah. like something you can kind of like grieve properly. The and other you can ones. also wrap your mind around, like, because you know that one thing, something has happened, it doesn't make it any easier, but you at least yeah, like the 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 basement, like one really, I think, like did something where I like shut my brain off for a while and was like, yeah, I don't like these kind of people. This is going to probably happen to me at some. I don't know. Well, it seems, and I'm I'm totally totally conjecture here, but it feels like. In that short period of time, you was like, A, like at the end of innocence, and also realizing that like you lost a hero and saw all these villains. Yeah, so that's what happened is that I basically like, that's exactly what happened. You're a very good therapist, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. And I quickly moved to Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and was just like, sex is no meaning, don't care, I'm going to drink a lot. I think I I was like a cocktail waitress. I think I blacked out for like two years. I was just like always drunk. Yeah. Yeah. But how much of that, I mean, like, A, a, a lot of that is of being like young, yeah, but also, I like, I think there's a lot of trauma in that. And I think there's, like, a lot of just, like, you know, self-medicating. Like, oh, I've, yeah, I, I found myself... a lot of, lot of self-medicating. Yeah. Yeah. But without having the, the words or the wherewithal to understand yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, I didn't have, like, money for therapy or anything. I didn't have, like, yeah. health insurance. But also, people at that age, it's like, unless you grow up in, like, a... a kind of a progressive no. or slash bougie world in which that's very accepted, it's like, nah, I'm good. No, like, we didn't talk... My mom... My dad's been dead for... Probably, I think almost 15 years and my mom maybe three years ago started talking about him again. Wow. Like it was like very like... It's very Connecticutian like, kind mm-hmm, of very like, stiff upper lip. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So I don't think there was a lot of like therapy going on about it. Right. Yeah. There was just a lot of blacking out. Did you... At what point did you realize that like all these things were linked or was it... Not until really recently. Yeah. Yeah. Until... I mean... Probably in my, like, very late 20s. Hmm. Was it also, how much of it was it just, like, because you're also in a situation in which, like, okay, let's say you're a normal 18-year-old where you don't have a ton of responsibility or things on your plate, then maybe those rise to the top. But if you're already dealing with, like, your father who's slowly dying, it's like, okay, I'm going to push this down because I have a bigger thing I need to focus on. Right. Like, uh, it's, and, it, and there's really no way of telling right. what way you would have gone. But, I didn't really deal with anything in my right. life until like my late 20s. And during that time, I remember being like, this is so weird. Why aren't my relationships working out? Why sure. aren't I married yet? And, so, right. and then finally I was like, oh, well, maybe. What was the thing? What was the turning because... point for that? Like what made you realize like, oh, I maybe I need to look internally. And also, perhaps there's a reason for, like... So, I think it was the breakup with my ex before, mm-hmm. who you've had on the show. Yeah. Lovely gent. Lovely gent. 
um, my breakup before my husband because we were, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here if he's listening. Mm -hmm. Um, we were not, neither of us were in that relationship for the, for good reasons. No, no, we were, we were in it for the best of reasons, but like we were not, I don't want to speak for him, but I have theories of why he stayed in that relationship Mm -hmm. that didn't have to do with us being a good match. And I stayed in for similar reasons. Right. And I think one of the reasons was that I really, we were very good friends and not, we didn't have the other things that went with the relationship, but I went so hard to the friend category because I had like been like thrown myself into like the unsafe man thing. Well, I'm sure like that's like, there's such a premium on that in at that point in your life or at any point in your life, just someone that you can trust. Right. And that is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. if you, but you should probably have both. Yeah. Like, I went almost overcorrected to like, like the first, oh, I don't even know if, I don't know if I would need permission to, I think he would probably tell the story, but mm-hmm. like we started dating before we had ever even kissed. Sure. We just had a very clinical conversation where we were like, well, you know, we're both single and we're good friends and we treat each other well and we respect each other. We should date. Well, but the, I mean, yes, I mean, that feels like a little bit uh, old world, but also like there's something to be said for like. Right. But like also we, but then we took shots because uh-huh. we were like, should we? Nervous. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, I think we probably glossed over the fact that like we didn't have a lot of chemistry. Sure. Which you also need for a you relationship. You do, man. And it's a hard thing too, because it's, it's, fuck, it's hard to find somebody that you want to spend time with in general. Right. But like when like, well, everything else works. Eh, right. We can push this square peg yeah, into yeah. a round hole. So I spent a lot of time doing that and, and, and other things that didn't work about us. It wasn't just that. But so then I spent a lot of time thinking like, okay, well, why was I so like obsessed with like, well, well, what, like, why did I need to overcrack so much? I did a lot of thinking about that. And then I don't know, all those things kind of, I just all kind know. of fell into place. Like, Oh, I'm putting such a premium on. I was also trust. like nearing 30. So I think I had the like space from my dad's death to do sure. it. And also like the more mature, like well, when so I was 21, I was like your, not... your brain is fully developed. Yeah. Like, cause it's still developing to like right. 25 or something. Yeah. Exactly. It was still developing. You're still developing. I was still developing. Still a little baby. Um, but I have like a lot of. Um, then I have I have like a lot of like shame about those years that like. Which the years like early twenties. Early twenties, yeah. Mm. Where like I don't know. Why. Yeah. Do you? I, I get that. I mean, I, I fully understand that because I think we are always going to be our worst critic, but. Is there a point now and like in hindsight that you can see like, this is why I was doing this and it's easier to be a little kinder to yourself or like permission to, I don't know, just forgive, forgive yourself for like, oh, I know why this was happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that bad. Now my shame has turned towards my, the anger that comes out in the middle of the night when my children cry. Sure. I don't know about that. If that shame's going to go away. Um, Uh so bad, but, oh, but when I was saying that I was listening to your interview with Nikki and she was talking about like the how this year has like made her rage sure and it has really like the the man thing really just like opened up for me and I I've had to like really I've had times where I'm like I could see how this would affect people's marriages because I am so angry at men all the time yeah that I have to like check myself and be like okay my my husband my husband is not a substitute for all these fucking assholes. Yeah. 
he is pretty enlightened and also listens to me. Well, I think it's just like a little bit of, uh, and, and I think it's, it's, uh, puts a fine point on it for so many people, uh, primarily or more, more specifically for women, but for, you know, for a lot of people, but even more so for you, for like, I don't fucking trust this guy. And that's also like the narrative of like, it's hard for me to trust people. When I had someone that I could trust or I thought I could, even though as much as like a political head is, you don't know. I think like a lot of, I don't think this is like a, uh, unique story that I have like, like, I think a lot of people are like raped by men that they know. Yeah. And like one in four or something. It's crazy. It's, it's totally crazy. And then it's just like, Oh, I I wonder why we don't trust men and then and then i'm also like well why don't you people listen to us like we're all telling you yeah that these like all of us are telling you i don't know i can get like very spiral about it the other morning i was like yeah i don't sobbing on my floor and i was like i need anxiety medicine yeah i don't know man i don't know what the reason like turning a blind eye i guess it's maybe because it's like feels reflective of like well that guy's similar to me and that guy's okay because i'm okay Oh yeah, and it's just yeah, like yeah. marginalizing it, because you don't want to recognize. That's either. what it is. Yeah, because it took me actually like um, I I uh, we have a very I don't know what the word is um, we have a lot of I'll call them woke conversations mm-hmm. in the writers in our writers sure, room. Sure, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. We're a very of that topic writers room. Also, you are a very. Um, this is an unfortunate thing to say, but a very progressive writer's room. We and are. so yeah. female forward, well, and that's not always the case. Yeah, and we're also isn't. like, oh, God, I, this is also horrible to say, but we're like a diverse writer's room, and that's mm-hmm. only because we have two people of color. Yeah. So anyway, I had like um, last, this this actually was like really like, in the for the women's stuff, this was a really like, sn- pip, what's it called when you have an aha moment? Epiphany. Term? Epiphany? Sure. The ahas, what is that? Is that Oprah's term? That's like the dumb person term. Probably. Yeah. It's also a great band with one hit. Really? Take on me. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, it's a great hit, though. Sure. That, that counts Solid. like 10. I'm a cartoon. I'm real. I'm a cartoon. I'm real. I'm real. It's great. So, sometime last season, there was a day that, like, was a bad, bad day in the writer's room where I said a very thing that I thought was, like, very flippant mm-hmm. and one of our writers Renee hi Renee um was like totally called me on it and was like that's racist and we got into a whole thing mm-hmm. and I put up every I like for the first time felt everything that I've been like asking every man to ever sure. not do and it was fucking horrible and I I like didn't sleep that night I've had like it like took me two weeks to recover from yeah and, well, yeah. and it like really like was probably one of the best things I could ever right happen and it like but you fought against it because you're like but I'm yeah, I'm, I, I am a good person I'm a good person and he yeah. was like yeah I don't think you're a bad person what you just said was racist yeah and it but, uh, but I had never felt like that defense thing go up before right. because like no one's ever fucking called me on and it was not like anything I didn't like use the n-word it was like no, a very sure. sh- you know just like the kind of uh, like the casual racism casual that's racism. very yeah. pro- uh, uh-huh. pervasive and like we have a writer's room that's like super open about being able to say those kind of things but it's it's but it's but the, it's so interesting like when you call people on like we spend so much time like 
or don't hurt the men's feelings or, or just know? excusing like, or everybody or just yeah, yeah. excusing everyone and I, but when it does happen like to you when someone calls you out I'm like oh this is what it feels oh I get it okay mm-hmm. I get why the men are like well that's not always the case because it's not me well yeah I mean I think it's that it does a disservice if you're just defending everybody and because that's you're doing the same thing that you're trying to defend against right because you're saying like well not everybody's the same right but then in defending it, you're also saying that um, that everybody is kind of the same because you're feeling attacked by that when you shouldn't. Because right. clearly you're different. We're right, all exactly. different entities. Right. And the fact that you're defending it is just like, well, it's my team. Like, yeah, that, I've had that, some sport players mm-hmm. on Pittsburgh teams that have done unsavory things, but I'm like, ah, they're okay. Right. And other teams are like, fuck that guy. But mm-hmm. it's because it's my team. They're, they get a little bit of a pass. And also, there has to be, like, some truth to it if you get so defensive. Like, why am I getting so defensive? I mean, that always hits a nerve, right? Well, it's also, like, embarrassment and shame. Like, you've probably felt like, no, but not me. Oh, God, I was, like, so, I, I, I mean, it was so bad that day, I think. Like, we. Sure. Yeah. And then, like, I, and then, like, three days later, I think we had at it because I called him a misogynist. And we had this same exact reverse conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, I just listened to you. You need to sit here and listen to me. Yeah, man. Well, I think, I mean, I I can't speak for anybody, but I think one of the things that I'm probably most, one of my biggest fears is just feeling embarrassed. Like the few times where I've like done something where I'm like, oh God, I feel such white hot shame and such embarrassment. It's just like, it feels awful. No, it's horrible. And I think that's... That's why I forget things. That's why I just blank them out. Like my, I, there's like definitely... I don't remember my early 20s. Like, I remember moments, but like some of the things in, in college too, I don't remember things that I'm like, I don't want to remember that story because I know that I woke up in a bathtub in a hotel mm-hmm. and I don't want to know why I got there. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm not going to remember that part. Right. Who knows? I think I was just having a great time. Was there any though, just to not, you know, um, uh, boil it down to the lowest common denominator was there times like they're like there was things that were really fun and that were like also like for sure. good for that era like I was just being a scamp I was being a hedonistic early 20 something figuring probably. it out probably but it's hard to focus on that I don't rem- I don't I don't honestly think so actually yeah because I don't remember I think I would remember like uh, I don't even know how to explain it I don't look back at that time. I look back at the time of being early 20s with my girlfriends as, like, very fun. Like, the going out and stuff. But, like, not... The other stuff, I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't... I don't know. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe I should try to look back with fonder memories. Well, I'm not saying that's necessary, but I also... uh... And maybe it, maybe it'd be, it, there is some good in, in that, and but I don't know. But what I guess do you think the question I want to ask is like, do you feel like that was a necessary step to get you to where you are now? That For is sure because yeah. that's what happened. Right. So I can't really like think. I I, can't, I don't feel like there's a way for me to be like I would be in a healthy relationship with my husband if this happened didn't happen because I don't know if I would be. Right. I might have done acted out on the traumatic things. I don't know in other ways yeah I mean it's a little bit that's just growing up in general like yeah. you in order to learn to not be an idiot you have to be you an have to idiot a bunch of times so idiot. you can learn how not to do that right um, 
it's kind of the folly of life, but also like one of the cool Isn't things. Isn't it though? But it is also like one of the cool things. It is one of the cool things. Now I live in like total fear that of like the day that my kids do that. Cause it's like, obviously they'll do that. Sure. And I, I have like so much, <laughs> my poor husband, I'm always like, I, this, I need to go to therapy for this because mm-hmm. he, I, he's like a totally normal dude who eats like hamburgers and I can't live with that because mm-hmm. every hamburger he eats, I'm like, you're going to have a heart attack. Sure. And it took me probably way too long to put together that I'm like terrified that he's going to die. And then you're going to be. And that more than like, I'm like, okay, I can deal with that. Like I, that would be like devastating, mm-hmm. but like I know what it would do to the kids and right. I cannot handle that thought. So I'm, I'm like the biggest fucking nag. I don't know how he lives with me. It's, it got like so bad where I was like, I, okay, I need to go to therapy about this because I was like, you you can't eat that. You need to go work out. You need to do this. Like you're, you're gonna, I don't know. It was so bad. And then I was like, oh, right. I think you're going to die. Okay. Which will happen either way because you're a human person. Yeah. I mean, that's just also one of the things like there's only a point of releasing, like you can only do so much to stop the inevitability right. and you can only do so much to safeguard against that but if when you're a mother I think it's a different thing right because you're not just worried about yourself anymore. no that's the problem it's yeah. like I, I can deal with like whatever happens to like the adults it's like I have a crazy crazy anxiety about and I, I think it's just because I went through it before I was like fully formed sure and I also saw, like, my brothers were younger, and that wasn't great for them. Right. Not great at all. Well, how does that translate to, I mean, all of these things? Um, I guess just trying to safeguard your kids from all the garbage of, That's like, so... a parent dying of somebody trust really betraying you and also fucking up your uh, relationship with sexuality. I mean, is that, like, a thing that's just like, well, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Um, it's a thing where I read like a lot of books, too many mm-hmm. articles, and then I start to go crazy. And then is that like a kid to go into WebMD? Like, well, this is just exacerbating sort of. the problem. Yeah, sort of. Because yeah. it's like, what? Ooh, okay, they're going to be teenagers, and it's, it's weird because I have some category of things where I'm like, don't don't think I would care at all if my kid came to me and was like, this happened. I'd be like, mm-hmm. cool. But there's a category of thing where like I, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to lose my shit when that happens. Sure. And I can't... It's the stuff that hits the nerve, right? It's the stuff where it's like, racist. And you're like, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, which, yeah. Parenting. How do you... Um, and, then I'm, and then I'm like, it's all me. I get... Oh, God. I read some, like, crazy article about, like, how when you yell at your kids, like, the damage it does. And I'm like, oh, my God. I spent, like, the first, like, six months of the baby's life, like screaming at them in the night being mm. like just be quiet please just be like screaming at the top of my lungs yeah. like like I mean I yeah and I'm like oh the damage is already done great I fucking did the damage well but isn't that isn't that like the old edge like you're gonna fuck up it doesn't matter how great of a parent every parent fucks up in some capacity yeah, for sure so you but know. like it'd be great if it didn't yeah <laughs> but isn't like what is the what is the thing like okay this is a thing I didn't like that I did can I move on and learn from that in some capacity right that's where the parenting book comes in sure yeah you're supposed to like address it and acknowledge mm-hmm. it because there was I probably in our childhood era there was not a lot of that it was like the parent would yell and then you'd walk on eggshells 
Yeah, and then it'll just be fine eventually. Yeah, like turns out what you're supposed to do is acknowledge it to your child and right. say, I lost my temper, everything's okay, and then they can go on with their day. Because that mitigates like the sense of guilt from them. Yeah, because like they're not worried that the other shoes are not their fault. And that yeah, and that they're that they don't when you're a kid, you don't know when it's done. Right. So if you put like a closure on it, sure. Then it's like well, that's also probably a good thing to do with every relationship. Yeah. And be more specific with kids because they don't have the lexicon to understand it. Yeah, but. well, the other thing that, like, the rage thing in the, in um, my rage in the middle of the night, which actually I only, like, I can't even believe that I'm, like, actually saying this because I was so, I was so embarrassed about the yelling mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Like, I, I would wake up and be like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw, like... I'm going to throw up, whatever. And then there's all these like private moms groups mm-hmm. that are basically like in, on Facebook, sorry, sure. that are just like therapy and people say the crude people just unload un- all their guilt. Yeah. And someone, someone like probably, but pretty recently started a chain say asking for a therapist for their anger towards their kids. And all these people were like, Oh my God, I didn't know this happened. And That's just great. Like, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing yeah. that is, like, an issue. Well, I th- That's a real thing. Man. Because it's, like, very traumatic when you're yelling. Like, sure. I don't want to be doing it, but, like, fire is coming at my eyes. And, yeah. then, uh, and I'm like, I don't know why I have such rage at my child right now. Well, but isn't... God, I mean, that's, like, a, a big thing that I've gathered from doing this is just, like, even, you know, we were talking about early on about, like, some people don't have bad stuff but they're still talking about things are bad on the larger scale, mm-hmm. but they still talk about things that like, well, this sucked for me. And yeah, maybe on like the scheme of like somebody dying is smaller, but it's still like incredibly universal and maybe something that people don't talk about. And that just hearing somebody talk to that oh, yeah. makes them feel not alone. Yeah. Like in the way like you heard Nikki talk about rage and like, Oh God, been there. Oh no, I have, that's like one of my most, like I'll always say to people, I have a temper and they're like, you don't have a temper. What are you talking about? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I have, the world's worst temper. It only comes out with people that I trust. Sure. That's another thing that I've that I've put together, is that I have like, one, when I became a mom, my mother came and visited a couple times, and each time I would go like crazy on my mom, mm. because it would just be like the last year of pent up stress. Right. And I'm like, oh, I know. Right, I feel like comfortable and safe with you. I can say this, and you're not going to walk away from me. Yeah. You're not going to run right. away from whatever our relationship. Right. Yeah. Would yeah. And, like, it's probably the same why I can throw the shampoo bottle at my husband. Sure. Um, but, and I guess, like, the same with my kids. It's like, but... <laughs> You're stuck with me, bro. You're stuck with me. But, like, yeah. and you know what? I don't really do it. I don't do it to my stepdaughter. Mm. I have much more, like, control with... Well, it's also like, this she is... She knows it happens. Yeah. Like, I think she probably goes back to her mom and is like, Audrey loses her temper. Yeah. Which also I had, like, such guilt about. Like, one... A couple... So I just had a new baby. And in the middle... The next... <laughs> I was like screaming in the middle of the night and the next morning I'm like oh my god Isabel my stepdaughter heard me and she's like you know I woke up in the middle of the night but and then and I heard you screaming and her crying she heard me crying and then she thought oh that's just Audrey having one of her meltdowns and oh I was boy like, and I was like huh oh it's a beautiful thing that you're learning like, we had a whole talk about it yeah. and she's like oh yeah you know it's it's she's like so wise beyond her years and she's like it's it's stressful to have a baby and and in a way, like, I feel bad that she hears me, but I also am like, yeah, like, I was never fucking taught that I could be angry. I think that's why all this shit's sure. coming out. Because, like, women aren't supposed to be angry. I was mm-hmm. never angry growing up. I was, like, taking care of five kids while my mom, well, we had, like, no money. And my mom was working and my dad was in the hospital. And I was just like, mm, this is great. This is fine. Right. This is so cool. 
I'm going to use this to like tell, you know, funny stories. Do you, um, is there, was there a turning point? Do you think, do you think it was just like you, you didn't know it was okay to be mad or do you think there's something clicked like around the period of losing someone who I assume was, uh, a, a hero in some regard, or at least a complex relationship with. Bad, and have, bad or mad? Um, mad. Do you think there was a like there was a turning point where like there, more anger started to come out of that? For sure. Point? Yeah. 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 That was kind of the thing that was like, well, let it all out. Yeah, but I still didn't like really. Um, my anger really like pe- peaked like later. Right. I don't really remember when. I guess I could ask my. I don't. Well, in in those years, the the blackout twenty years, yeah. did because I, I wonder if there's a direct link correlation of like, well, I was medicating with booze and being being a early twenties weirdo, so the anger was whatever that feeling was was mitigated by substance yeah, as opposed to needing I to come out. Yeah, and I think as you're saying that, because I really think that like more of the anger came out like when I started being in a healthy relationship and parenting. Right. And part of it is like you're forced to actually be healthy. Sure. If you're trying to be a good parent. Right. Like you're not doing crazy things and drinking and you're yeah. in a, and like I have a husband who is very mentally healthy. Yeah, and had seems also- Seems like a very even keel. He's very even keel. Reliable He guy. had already gone through his own things. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't have said nothing bad has happened to him because no, he of has- course. No, because now as I'm saying it out loud, like he, he went through a divorce and had already done his own work sure. on that. So he came to our relationship like already having done that work and right. would and and I did not like it at the time and I still don't like it, but he would be like, You're being defensive, there's something going on here, mm-hmm. think about it, and I'd be like, Fuck you. Yeah. Nothing's going on here. And then I'd like wake up and be like, mm, I'm sorry, I threw the shampoo bottle at you. There yeah. is something going on here. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting just, like, having, like, the bird's eye view of, like, I may, I'm not any smarter than you, but I'm watching what you're doing. Yeah. And you can't see yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there is something about, like, a parenting thing where it's, like, all, like, you can't, there's no, like, escaping it when you're, right. when you're. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if you're, and it's, like, all, it's, like, all the past shit that you're supposed to have dealt with, if you haven't, has to get dealt with when right. you're parenting. Because kids it's just like so hard so when they're like pushing those those sure man buttons well you like, don't get a break you don't get a reprieve you don't get, a break, so you don't get the like, early 20s like well i'm going to a bar or just like even sleeping in like yeah. you can't like recover your sleep so it's like your sanity is gone of course i'm gonna lose my fucking shit right but it turns out some people don't and that well, made me feel really bad but also, wasn't it wasn't it like cathartic to rec- when on this Facebook thread where it's like, what do I do about the rage? And like, like so many people are like, oh my god, me too, so me too, me too. It. And that's so, like, and, oh. and it is a postpartum thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's also like a normal. Thing. You're stressed. Your body's gone through like as much as a beautiful thing, a trauma. No, no, yeah. And then I had like a lot. <laughs> and then I had a lot of like, I was so <laughs> angry. I still am. I'm still like, I always get on this high horse. I'm so angry that like no one. I mean, this is a whole nother topic about like what our culture doesn't teach women. Sure. And having three daughters, I want to like, I want to write a whole book about this, but like no one teaches women about this shit. Mm -hmm. So it's like, then I'm like, well, why didn't anyone fucking teach me about this? Why didn't someone tell me? Right. This would have all been a lot easier if someone said like, oh, okay. I mean, you hear about postpartum stuff and you hear, but no one. 
Well, it's one of Even those the doctors don't like yeah, tell you. I feel like it's one of those uh, things that like, um, and maybe this is not a fair um, a parallel, but like a, a miscarriage. Like people, so many people have miscarriages, and you may hear about it, but you don't talk about what that you process is. Don't talk about it. And it's like, oh, there's postpartum. Like, oh, so she was a little sad. Oh it's no, like yeah. You're not understanding. Also, of, yeah, I also had a miscarriage, which actually was like. No, no, it was really bad at the time, but it turned into like a good thing for me mm-hmm. because it made me realize that I like did want to have, I was, I was like a little bit on the fence about. Sure. Gives perspective, right? Yeah. About having another kid. And then like when I had the miscarriage, I was like, oh, I definitely want another kid. Right. But as I was totally blindsided by like how horrible it was. Yeah. I was I, so again, it's like a thing that like every like I think so many women and you know by proxy men have gone through, but it's not a thing that's discussed really. No, yeah, yeah. and and like and also it's um I'm sure I know you I think people have talked about this on the pod with you mm-hmm. the miscarriage thing mm-hmm. is that you always have the miscarriage usually I mean and if it's later it's even worse but like you usually have the miscarriage before you tell anyone you're pregnant right so then you're like. Suffering oh hey, alone. I have to call in sick to work because I was pregnant, but I didn't tell you. Yeah. Because you need the fucking day off, and no one tells you you have to have a surgery yeah. half the time or whatever. It's not a surgery. Uh, well, it's sort of is. Well, I guess the the reason you safeguard is you don't tell people you're pregnant until three happens. months in case that happens. But, but then, then you, you have still to have tell to. People. Or you then you're suffering alone because no one knows, or you still have to tell them because like now I'm fucking sad. Well, so. I like needed a couple days off work because I had to. Yeah. It didn't happen naturally for me, so I had to have the procedure, and I needed the day off work, and then, like, Oof. and it was, like, we, Rachel, it was during our episode, so I couldn't just yeah. be, like, we're supposed to be on set for, like, 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So, I couldn't just be, like, hey, I'm gonna not come into the writer's room today. Yeah. Which is fine. I have no problem. Like, I have, that's the category of thing that I'm, like, let's talk more about it. Yeah. I have, like, no, that, I feel like some people have, like, shame about their body with that, but that, to me, was, like... A good safe space. Yeah, I felt like, oh, I'm surprised this hasn't, ha- not hasn't happened to me, but like it happens to a lot of people. Sure. And once you say, oh, I had a miscarriage, everyone's like, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, I guess in terms of going through all of these things, how, <laughs> what's your advice, I guess, as a parent, <laughs> but also as somebody who... Shake it out, dog. Hey, Don't fuck up our audio, dog. Yeah. You little monster. Hi. Um, what is your advice to somebody who has... Parents? Oh, parenting or also somebody who's just gone through a trauma and doesn't have the the uh, emotional uh, vocabulary to deal with it? Wait, are we talking parenting or are we talking just going through a trauma? I think... I think uh, fuck. I mean, I, it, there, we've talked about many things. I know. So it seems like that that, that trauma that happened to you is like a thing that uh, is giving a lot of stress as a parent. Because like, I up. want to safeguard from these yeah, bad and it, things and it that was, happened. And it definitely like was opened up. Like the wounds were, they were no longer able to be uh, hidden right. during parenting. Which I'm sure will continue. This is the only thing. I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna keep happening. Well, it's like kind of what you said. Like, oh fuck it. If my husband dies, I will be devastated. But I've been through devastating things. I don't want that. But like, I'll figure it out. I, and I've always. But like, lived, from my children, fuck, I can't. No, want and that I've for always them. lived through that in that space as an adult. Like, I've always been like, okay, the worst thing that could happen to me happened. My parent mm-hmm. died. That always seemed like. The worst thing. Okay, now the next worst thing that could happen to me is my partner. Well, no, I can't even say it because obviously sure. we all know what the worst thing would be. But like, yes. 
But like my partner dying, I could probably. I mean, I don't want to say this like as in I don't care. Obviously, I no. Don't. But I think it's just you're like you, okay, I've been through bad shit. And, it's a defense mechanism. and you get through it. You figure out right. how to. But you may not others, do it healthy. You may be messy. It may be devastating. But right. you but like somehow traumatizing. I, f- I think like what saves me is that I'm like okay I and, w- and what I've tried to do now and I'm trying to be better about is like the thing that I said about what you're supposed to do when you yell at the kids mm-hmm. is that I've gotten obsessed with reading with like learning about brains right I've become a brain nerd well that's interesting it's really interesting and it turns out that like you don't have to cut co- like yeah the bad thing will happen but like there were ways that like things could have been done when my dad died that would have changed things right. that weren't the done for different reasons of your of your brain, right? Yeah, that weren't done to no fault of anyone's. Like, sure, my mom was all of a sudden a single mom to five, five kids, kids, and like, you know, most of them were not. I was twenty one, so I was like, peace out, right? Which I also have guilt about, but sure. um, probably shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were things you probably shouldn't not talk about the person for 10 years that's probably not the right answer yeah so I've become like really obsessive about brain development right where I'm like okay the thing can happen things are gonna happen there's no way I mean they go to school and like yeah, you can't, you, you can't safeguard them from No, life. what are you going to do? Like, and if you do, you're going to do it as service. Someone's going to get bullied and someone's going to, it's going to happen. And like that shit's dramatic for people. Yeah. I mean, some people like that ruins their whole life. Yeah. But it's kind of like what we were talking about when you first sat down of like, you want them to not get sick, but also they need to. Yeah. Because totally. otherwise they're going to be bubble no, and some of, And like, I think I'm, a, I think I'm a better parent for a lot of the stuff. Sure. Because I... Not to sound like a, it's gonna come out this way, but like sometimes I look at other parents. I feel I shouldn't even say this is like such a bad parenting thing, and I'm like I can't even I can't believe you're doing that because it's like we you don't know that just like you're you're you're, you're you you can't force your kid to hug another kid. Right. But it's like if you've never read about that thing and right. you don't like I. And again, my poor husband, because it's like we had this crazy thing about like tickling. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it's like a traumatic thing. I'm like, you can't fucking tickle girls. Right. It teaches them. I was never taught that I could say no. Ever. Right. No one ever said that to me. It wasn't a thing when we were growing up that someone was like, this is your body. And the one time I tried to say no and walk out of Scary Scarellas, that's his last name, basement, mm-hmm. he told me I was going to be raped. So mm-hmm. like, I never learned that like my body was my body Mr. Held the teacher yeah. also violated it so I'm like crazy about the girls knowing that and right. I don't know if you know this but tickling is a way to teach kids that it's okay do you know about this? no oh. that's it's okay to what? so when you tickle a kid they often laugh mm-hmm. and so people take that as permission to keep tickling sure but they're also usually saying stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. And when you don't listen to the stop, you're teaching them that you're not, that it's that your parent is not going to stop. Right. So if you translate that into like the rest of your life, the rest of the world. Yes. Sure. And I, it's like a trigger thing for me that I that makes me go crazy. Like when I see my daughters being tickled, I literally snap. Like I snapped. Yeah. I snapped one night and I was like, I. It was a big thing. Sure. And. That, that probably anyone else would be like, why are, what are you talking about? Right. You had a fight about tickling. It well, like literally triggered all this shit in me where I was like, 
I was tickled. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I get that. I mean, uh, God, it's, it's a whole other issue. But it's a whole other issue. It's entirely a whole other issue. Because I remember, like, I hated being tickled, too. But then I'd also be like, tickle me. That's... So that's the thing. Yeah. That's the whole thing. And then my husband, who's a wonderful parent, is mm-hmm. saying that's what they're saying. Yeah. And, of course, he doesn't have any of this trauma. Yeah, so, so he's bringing it in time. He doesn't have... No, he's trying to have a yeah. loving relationship with his daughters. Which and they're laughing, and, and that's joy. That's joyful, right. but also... Right, and yeah. then they say, tickle me, and then, but then it gets into the gray area of, like, okay, well, yeah, so what's where do you make the distinction between women who are saying, oh, I do want to be slutty, it's okay, because right. they're... Because that's how I lived in my 20s. I was like, this is totally fine. Right. That's the same thing as saying tickle me. Right. To an, when you, Which there's also, there's also a healthy way to do that. There's a healthy totally. way to be body positive And like, I can totally. show off my body as and much as I want. And there's a healthy way to be tickled. Yes. I, and we came to that middle ground where I was like, okay, as long as they're not screaming, stop. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to tickle our dogs. Right. And if they're saying what you're saying, which, mm-hmm. which you, I took it to Facebook. We did a poll. It turns out half the people enjoyed being tickled. Half the people have very true. Here's the thing. The people who have very traumatic memories mm-hmm. have, it, it was traumatic. Sure. Like people had, people were like, they were tickled and they felt like they couldn't breathe or some weird. And that's yeah. how I felt. Yeah. I felt like I was being trapped, but like I couldn't breathe. I had no control of my body. And like, it is terrifying to me. Sure. Anyway. Um, so I think the, the takeaway here is just like, you know, be careful with who you tickle. Who can be careful who you tickle? Uh huh. Especially if it's your goddamn daughter. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Maybe sometimes it's okay to be angry because that's better than maybe self-medicating with booze I think and stuff. it's totally okay. Yeah. I've, I've tried to come. There's a healthy way for it. To yeah, I just it. wish I had been angry earlier so sure. that it wouldn't have all exploded at a certain time. But now right. I'm trying to be like. My my, I know we're wrapping up here, and I have to get to a soccer. You have a game. soccer game. You're you're a busy game. lady. You got three kids. I have three kids. Um, it, it actually like my stepdaughter did like a lot. I, I did a lot of healing through my stepdaughter, which is a whole nother thing. That's great though. Yeah, because like I don't have the I have a lot of other burdens with her, but I don't have the biological thing sure. with her, and neither does she with me. Right. So it's in a way that it sometimes it's more complicated, but in that way it's less complicated. Right. So she's able to be like. You got a little angry. I get angry about my Barbie dolls. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And we have like a conversation where I'm like, oh, Hmm. well, I wish I had had that conversation when I was seven and not 34. Yeah. We also had the benefit of having this conversation because at at that point in time, it was just her. Right. You didn't have, you know, like your mom, like five kids to deal with. Right. So you were just like, I'm focusing all my energy on one person and I'm figuring it out in a messy way. Totally. I still think my... Parents wouldn't have had like I don't think when my dad lost his temper he would have known to have that conversation. It's also a different generation. It's a different generation, different, totally. Yeah. No, I don't in any way blame them. I just think it's like there is like a beauty to where we are. With, sure. Like Yes. And probably you know, my parents were like from the Midwest and then yeah. moved to they don't they didn't know. Yeah, and there's like, still a lot of people and also I don't know what the right way is necessarily. Exactly. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could this could be the wrong way and later she'll be like, My stepmom talked about yelling at yeah, me. Yeah, I remember hearing her cry every night. <laughs> yeah. And then it messed me up. Yeah. Okay, well I think Dunk needs to pee. You need to pee, Duncan, and I need to <laughs> Oh, there you go. Oh. Well, that that's it. That's our time. I need to go to a Little League game. Uh, hey, thanks I'll so much, man. Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. Thank you for talking to me about trauma and um, anger and anytime. uh <laughs> All right. It's not all about you, bud. But it kind of is. Yeah. Thank you so much, Audrey. Thank you. Come on. 
what's not to like about that episode? It has earnestness. It has uh, uh, some heartbreak. It has some oof, disheartening stuff. It's also got some ahahas, and best of all, it's got a guest appearance by my pup at the end. It's got that's that's hitting for the cycle right there. Uh, special thanks to Duncan for making a guest appearance. But the biggest thanks, uh, of course, goes to Audrey. Thank you so much, Audrey, for coming out and sitting on my new couch and talking to me about things that are probably not easy to talk about. You're delightful. Uh, if you want to see what else is going on with Audrey, you can check her out on Twitter, on the tweeters. It's at Audrey Allison. That's at Audrey Allison. Um, also, check out Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Check out Hyperlinked. You know, uh, just support the, thing, the things that she does, because she's great. Um, also, thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes that I'm incapable of doing, because I'm a dummy. Uh, and thank you to Julia Pot and Kingdom Flying Club for our music. And the biggest thanks, per usual, goes to you guys. You're fucking... Uh, you're a good group. You know what? You're empathetic. You're fun. Uh, you're, you're delightful people doing the best you can. And uh, you're also just really attractive. So good for you. All right, gang. Have a great week. I love you.